What's up, everybody? We're back. Episode 24 of the Press Pass Podcast. I am sports editor Joey LaFranca, along with editor-in-chief Joe LaTemplio and night editor Ben Rowe. Joe, how are you? Joey Bats, good to see you. You as well. Ben Rowe, how are you? Can we talk about that new theme song? It's a hot, it's a hot theme song. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good look, Joe. You have you heard it yet? I have not heard it yet. All right, so we're ha- we're a weekend. We changed out the opening intro theme song. New so year, now new you're gonna, sound. Yeah, and for people who don't know, like I put after we record the podcast, I put all the intro and outro in there. And the first one that I had actually found that initially I was going to change it up with, it sounded like a Richard Simmons workout theme, and <laughs> it sounded cool at first. But then as I listened to it a little bit more, I said, "No, this is not a good look. Good look for us." So. We changed it up a little bit, but it's a jam. It's good. Did you um, get the breaking news music too? Did it, did I, we have. I do have that now, so we can use that if like yeah. somebody texts in and calls in as we're as we're doing this. But the governor's office calls in the middle of the <laughs> yes. exactly. But I mean, I'm happy to be back with Joe, who you know is a big sports fan, and Ben is now a lifelong 46er fan. Yeah. Um, ben, do you want to tell us about your new fandom? I do. The 46ers are the best team around. So, go ahead. Go ahead. The the, the 76ers were having a game last night. (laughs) But I felt, you know, well, the 76ers, they have a lot of famous people on the team. But the 46ers... They deserve some attention, so I put them in the paper. So, so if people don't, if people didn't see it today, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, we ran a Philadelphia 76ers. I think Boston. I think they played the Celtics last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the jump, I think they lost the jump too. word. You know, as the newspapers go, if a pay, if a story continues on to another page, it says see blah 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 page two or page whatever. So it said on the front, see 76ers, page two. And then when you went to page two, if you got a little bit confused, it said C46ers. So Ben Rowe filling in, trying to be sports editor, almost mm-hmm. pulled it off without a without a hitch. <laughs> but honestly, Joe and I laughed at it, and I thought it was pretty funny. Yes. And again, you can't say 46ers enough around here. <laughs> you in the Adirondack region. It's understandable. <laughs> but I, I didn't realize that was so ingrained in my <laughs> <laughs> so usually you kick it off with a funny little story, but I thought yes. I thought I'd take the realm today. Yeah. But if do you have, oh you have something? Okay. Twenty twenty one, I am declaring the year of the hot dog. Why? The because of, you don't love hot dogs? Who no, doesn't love hot I dogs? actually really don't. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> so I and guess I this isn't my year. Of all the different kinds of hot dogs, I mean, obviously we have Michigans around here, mm-hmm. and red hots, glaciers. Yes. Are you familiar with glaciers? I am. Now? I grew up with glaciers. You did? Now, I grew up with raw glaciers. You grew <laughs> You grew up with them? Yes. Like they, they were family members? No. Oh, okay. Eating them. I just need a clarification. <laughs> they were always in the fridge. And it's the, it, as an adult looking back on it, it's kind of disturbing. But yeah, as a child, mm-hmm. I remember I have vivid memories of my mom just being, yeah, just, you know. <laughs> Snap into a raw hot dog. There's, there's, so, like, much, there's so much stuff in there. You, <laughs> you were ta- before we came on. You were talking about analyzing Ben's brain. I think <laughs> that, we need to. The, the raw hot dogs are swaying so I mean, I well, guess at the end of the day, they all go in the same direction. are produced in Malone, New York. Yes, um, they're known for the bright red skin that snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pop them. Um, I love them, but man, they give me heartburn. Um, <laughs> and I grew up in Rochester with Zweigel's hot dogs, which yeah. are, I think are the best. That's they a, have white hot dogs. Yeah. Oh, they're delicious. That's a mouthful in itself, Zweigel's. And remember the movie, you ever see the movie, um, uh, always about summer camp with Bill Murray? Um, um, 
I, old movie about 40 years ago. 40 um, years old. They had a hot dog eating contest. In the yeah, big, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not big, sure. And he's like right. eating all these hot dogs. <laughs> meatballs. Meatballs, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's meatballs? Okay. And, okay. and uh, big guy's eating, he's in a hot dog eating contest, and Bill Murray's urging him on. He's like, come on. Every day, you're eating more and more hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so let that be the theme. Okay. For 2021. Uh, well, can we I, should all eat more hot dogs. Can I do my usual thing that I do when it comes to like hot dogs? Is like If I get a Michigan, I just get the Michigan sauce. Is that is that okay? Wait, you just you, you just put Michigan sauce in the bun? Well, like, say if I go to like McSweeney's or something, they do have an option on their menu for what sauce they call bur- sauce, bur- sauce, bur- sauce burgers. Yeah. That's usually what I get. Would yeah, it, that's would, not a Michigan though. That's a sauce burger. No, but that's that's gonna you have like to be my dogs? equivalent. No, not really. I mean, like I can eat one. If you go to a barbecue, you go to the hamburger. I go to the cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the a Vermont Lake Monsters games. Yeah, twenty five cent hot. Dogs. I know, and I don't. <laughs> I do, I the thought of pounding like four hot dogs is just <laughs> alarming to me. I'll like, say this. I, I couldn't if, do it. If twenty twenty one is defined by hot dogs, I will be <laughs> very happy. About I mean, that. like overall, it, it gives a happy vibe. To the year, yes. so like I'm all for it, you know. When I went, yes. so okay, before we get going on other stuff, Lake Monster Games, I hope that, um, because right now there is no there is no affiliate for the Lake Monsters, no, and that's a shame. I just actually watched yesterday, I had the day off yesterday, I watched a documentary on Netflix called The Bleep of Baseball. And I can't say the one word that was in the title, but um, I think I could. I mean, I don't Could've know. Put what, a censorship. I, yeah, I don't. In. I don't know where we're at with that, but just to be safe. Um, but it was about Bing Russell, who formed an independent baseball team in the 1970s called the Portland Mavericks. And have you ever heard of this, Joe? Vaguely. Okay. I so have not. <laughs> in the seven in the 70s, that's when baseball really started to demand that all minor league teams be an affiliate of a baseball team, a major league team. They couldn't be independent anymore. Prior to this, there had been an independent baseball team in Portland, but the attendance was really bad. It was just terrible. So the um, uh, Bing Russell, who is Kurt Russell's father, Bing Russell was a the sheriff on Bonanza. Um, he... Uh, bought this team for like $5,000, $500 an entry fee. And they were operating as the lone independent baseball team of that era. And it was just a bunch of ragamuffin guys from God knows where in Portland. And they came together and they actually formed a really good team that almost won the pennant in single A baseball in the 70s for a couple of years. Um, They didn't end up winning, but it was just a really cool documentary. So I watched that. That made me actually think of the Lake Monsters yesterday. I hope that there's an affiliate that goes along with the Lake Monsters now because as of now, they do not have one to my knowledge. So Yeah, isn't Centennial one of the oldest parks in the country? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, it's definitely up there. Um, and Babe Ruth played there at one point. Amazing. And uh, just a lot of cool things. Ben, have you ever gone to a baseball game there? I have not. No. I played there. You played there before? Oh, yeah, a couple times. So when I go, though, when I go, I'm always a big cotton candy and Dippin' Dots guy. Dippin' Dots. Dippin dots. Love, the, love the Dippin' Dots. The yeah, cookie dough Dippin' Dots. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. I always feel bad for the person who's working at the little stand, though, because it's separate from, like, where the food places usually are. It's just a little, like, kiosk, basically, yes. for Dippin' Dots. And that poor, like, one kid who's probably not more than 16 or 15 years old is having to shovel out Dippin' Dots all night. Must be getting tired <laughs> after job. some good point. Good job. <laughs> it, it teaches hard work, but... 
yeah, I hope there's some Lake Monster baseball this year. We missed out on it all year last year. I, I, I always went when the Staten Island Yankees were coming over, and there's no Staten Island Yankees even anymore. It's just a sad thing with the, pan- the pandemic. It's really kind of it ruined is. minor league baseball in a lot of ways, but hopefully we'll have baseball back. We'll have a lot of things back. Yes, and in speaking of that... Wait, I have a segue. Yeah? I was going to kick it to the election, but... I mean, not the election, but the president, but... I was looking up to see if Joe Biden liked hot dogs. (laughs) The the sources on that are inconclusive, but there was, and I remember this, there was, back in the beginning of the year, there was a story that kind of went viral, which had a New York Times clip, apparently, of somebody interviewing Biden... And this was during the, um, what's the big state fair that all the candidates go to? The Iowa State Fair? I think so. Yeah, one of those. I think so. And so the candidates, they go, they hobnob at the fair, they eat cotton candy and talk with the public. And one of the things that all the candidates eat is corn dogs. And so there's oh. the kind of folksy thing about, you know, candidates, oh, look at the candidate eating fair food like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so apparently the New York Times talked to Joe Biden, and he says... By the way, and that's what some of these Bernie people don't get. You have to get the center, too. I was eating the corn dog the other day. This is like a corn dog with some mustard. When you get to the middle, it's hard and tough and dry, chuckles. But you have to eat that, too. You have to eat that fish, but it's hard. And the reporter apparently replied, Sir, are you talking about eating a wooden stick? (laughs) But as many places pointed out, that was not an actual interview. That was literally photoshopped. Oh. (laughs) Joe Biden does not eat the sticks (laughs) with his corn That's actually, that's really funny. See, now I can honestly say, I don't think ever in my life have I eaten a corn dog. Oh, I haven't, how can I haven't. you be an adherent to hot dogs and never eat a corn dog? Uh, yeah. well, go to Walmart and grab a corn dog. <laughs> we'll <have to> rectify <laughs> it. Go to Walmart of all places yeah. and get a corn dog? Okay. Every, every 4th of July, they have the, uh, on Staten Island, they have the hot dog eating contest. Yeah, so that's not corn dogs. Joey Chestnut yeah. eats 73 hot dogs in that, 10 that, minutes. That's just mind-boggling <laughs> to me. Like, that... The thought of eating like a couple hot dogs is gross to me. Like <laughs> eating eating seventy three. Oh, that's but just... that interview just makes you think of where we have come from—the year of fake corn dog stories. Yeah. And then the other day we got what, well, in my estimation, and I think a lot of people that we've talked to was a rather typical day. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of the inauguration? Of um, well, for one thing, woke up a little ahead of time, propped over my phone to YouTube because. Nowadays, that's where you go to watch stuff. And he was already up there talking. I'm like, wait, it's it's quarter 12. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they, as Joe mentioned, they really sped things up. <laughs> they did. They were uh, on time. The um, fireworks show last night. I still haven't gotten the chance to watch the fireworks show. Oh, yeah, I saw amazing. pictures. Was it cool? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to see one like that. Really? I saw a really, um, a really nice like photo of the Bidens, the back of them, and then the fireworks are like filling Oh, sky. I did see a photo yeah, about that. That's that was pretty cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very very nice. And I thought the inauguration with the musical uh, uh, guests mm-hmm. and, and the speakers, I thought it was I love fun. Garth Brooks literally just like hugging people afterward. That's so Garth Brooks. That's hilarious. Yeah, Garth Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry was really good. A-Rod was Wait, there. Katy Perry performed there? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I saw they had... Fireworks on. I saw the head of Bruce. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yep. I did hear a bit of him. So. No, I thought it was well done. Um, yes. Um, it's amazing what a little planning 
with competent people can, well, can do. And, yeah. And to think that, um, well, for one thing, yeah, I talk about competence. This was maybe the most tense preparation for inauguration. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and typically, we try and snag somebody who got an invite down there or something like that. But in this case, <laughs> there was the yeah. Congress and the guest, and that was it. Very so there, limited. There was no um, big photo of a you know giant crowd going waves back. It was just yeah, which was interesting. We did. The flags <laughs> were cool. The flags. Yeah, the set flag. up on the mall. Yeah, I think that was really. I cool. I don't think I saw that. Oh, one. I saw lanterns like the um, COVID um, tribute. So yeah, no, check it out. We did. Like, you know, you're talking about having like some a local flair. We did technically have a kind of local flair in one Bernie Sanders. That's true. <laughs> who, yes, who, who in was in his, his glove and fashion. taken over the meme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was so funny. It's everywhere. Well, I, I think thought... my favorite joke from that was the fact that people are like, you guys, you know, shafted Bernie twice and you expected to dress up for this thing? You're lucky he showed up for yeah. this thing. My favorite thing was because they were talking about at first, not not of the really famous thing of him like sitting in the chair like with his like hands crossed with his mittens. But my favorite thing was earlier on, like he had like a random like envelope in his hands. It was like a just a brown envelope. Yep. And I saw somebody wrote uh, like wrote a little caption over it and it said, Alright, I'm gonna swing by Joe's thing for Joe's a couple thing. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was I just thought that was so funny. Uh, yes, but yeah. hey, that was I mean, honestly, we deserve something like that. Like after yes. all Starting the, the memes. After all this terribleness, <laughs> like just with the COVID pandemic and everything else of the political gong show. Like something like that. If that's what politics are gonna be about in twenty twenty one, sign me up. I don't care. If Bernie Sanders Memes wants to be a gods. meme god and throughout the, the rest uh, of the year, sure. And the uh, the White House press briefings are noticeably different as well. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. you know, shout out to journalism and stuff. <laughs> well I'm sure journalists around around everywhere, anybody covering that is gonna appreciate that to God knows how much you well, know. I was thinking it must be kinda of weird for White House journalists, like, every four or eight years, like, the tone just, like, shifts. <laughs> it's like yeah. your, your point person is somebody different. And, like, yeah, it must have been really different to go and in there. Within, and within a one term of an administration, it often changes every year or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a tough job. You can't – it's hard to do that for four years. Yeah. And, yeah, covering some of the biggest stories. But um, one thing that I thought was interesting was um, Robin's story about the – local connections to our new historic VP. And, yeah, I um, saw that. I thought that was of pretty the fact that Tell it, us about that. Well, of the fact that we do have a lot of California transplants around here and that to think that, you know, certainly everyone knew Donald Trump and a handful of people knew Mike Pence, but to think that someone who kind of, I don't know if you could say Berkeley is exactly, you know, like a mom and pop college, but somebody who, you know, is kind of out there in the community, maybe more than Donald Trump was up in his tower. That kind of thing is nice, too. Well, I'd be real interested in, you know, Kamala Harris went to school in Montreal for a while. That, too. I can't remember if it was high school or early college or... Uh, but I'd be real curious to know that during her time in Montreal, if she ever came down here. But yeah, and so I was glad that we got the um, the vote for, or not the vote, the, I'm reading the story here. I'm glad that we got the voice of, um, you know, some of the um, minority members of our community who obviously, you know, um, 
we look at inauguration every four years, see a lot of people that look like us, <laughs> to have somebody look up and see somebody that looks like them up there on the national stage is yeah, yeah, a nice yeah, feeling. It's, it's so. cool. I, th- I think that's really cool. And, like, it's tough for us, like, just as three males to relate to probably what a lot of people were feeling yesterday. But I think even us, to a certain extent, can, you know, relate, not re- not directly relate, but we can... It's the, it's the whole thing with the definition of sympathize and empathize. Like, we can't, like, you know, we haven't been in certain people's shoes that reacted to yesterday, like, so emotionally. But at the same time, we can understand it. Um, and I think it's pretty cool in that sense. So, yeah, I mean, literally, you know, any inauguration's a historical thing. But yesterday, there was even more history to go with it. So well, and speaking of um, history of that, you know, Joe and I were talking yesterday about how many inaugurations he has covered here. And do you have any memories of ones that really stand out? Yes, and I think we talked about it last night. 1992 election, so it would have been the 93 inauguration of Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, after the inauguration, they do the parade, mm-hmm. and Hillary, Hillary's hat. Oh, Hillary yes. wore this hat, <laughs> and whatever. Sure. And it drew so much reaction. Everybody's like, did you like her hat? I liked her hat. I didn't like her hat. Why'd she wear that hat? <laughs> it was all about Hillary's hat. Okay. I don't think Joe was here last night when we looked up the hat. Let me no, I was, I was off yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I definitely wasn't here. I remember that for sure. Oh, yes, there it is. Let's, let's, I think, let's I think if it. she had worn a different outfit, it would have worked a bit better. But it, yeah, it does. Um, it's kind of bold. <laughs> I mean, Our, it uh, works. I mean, I, I think it's fine. editor at the time, which was then called Lifestyles Editor, I believe, Ann Smith, wrote a column about it. Yeah. Uh, about her hat and, um, you know, whether it was good or I always, or like... <sighs> I We've come a long way from those days. I <laughs> oh, ap- my God, the hat. I, <laughs> ap- I appreciate the whole, like, I can respect the people who are obviously into fashion. Like, it's a huge industry and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But Joey's just seeing, hat. <laughs> seeing reports yesterday even, like, I saw more of the fashion reports. A lot of it was about the women were wearing purple. That was a huge thing. Um, I did I, notice that. I didn't I can pick under- up on, like, I can understand <laughs> that. But then the pissed. other thing was people were analyzing what Melania Trump was wearing. It was, like, a black was, dress, and then she was wearing some, like, beach. They looked like one of my Hawaiian shirts almost. very colorful. Well, that they was had, um, normally, they have, in the evening, they'll have the inaugural balls. Yes. Yeah. And there's several of them. And the president and first lady and vice president and second lady, or in this case, second gentleman, mm-hmm. um, would go to all these different balls and sometimes and dress they would change outfits. Yeah. And I remember from that, I mean, Al Gore was a really bad dancer. Everybody <laughs> made fun of Was he like Al Elaine? Was he like Elaine on Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the episode yeah, where yeah. Elaine dances? Yeah. Does, does Al Gore should have just said, no, no, I, I, I don't dance. You know, I'm just going to sit over here and watch. But getting back to what I, I like, well, one thing I, I, just, I just see like these fashion things and yeah. I, I look at it and I get people are into it. But I think about like, hell if I care. I mean, they could be wearing a freaking T-shirt and, you know, like, jeans like, and I'd be like, cool, you know, good for them. You want to talk about women and women's issues and that kind of thing. The fact that for all these events, women have to be microanalyzed on what they wear. Right. Yeah. And the dudes just get to go out and be like, oh, hey, look, his tie's blue. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's a black tux. Yeah. I feel like, well, there's not as many options, I feel like, for, for guys as there are yes, for, exactly. for women. So, so I appreciate the fact that women go under that when, again, the guy just throw on a suit coat, 
All right, good to go. I always, I mean, and you said second gentleman. I mean, why can't we go like with second dude? You know, something like second that. Dude. Some just, people will, probably. Yeah, I mean, like I think that gentleman, and just just say it as it is. He's a dude. You know, he's a yeah. good. He's a good guy. He's doing his thing. Actually, yeah. I mean, his name is Doug. So yeah, yeah. second second dude, second dude Doug. <laughs> Doug the dude. So I think that's pretty cool. So but no, and um, and yeah, and again, is that my sense from social media reads and that kind of thing is that there was just a a vibe of like taking a breath for a second yesterday. Little relief, <laughs> which was nice. I, I think saw... everyone was just glad it was. Both sides were glad it was just. Yeah. relatively uneventful <laughs> you know what the most impactful thing that i saw and i don't want to like go too much into discussion about this again but i saw a photo from the day of the riots mm-hmm. and it's like just gray and there's smoke mm-hmm. and everything else and then the day of inauguration like there's sun trying to peek through the clouds and it's just like a peaceful day and it's like ah it's like a zen moment like okay like here we go like however you feel about the past uh administration you know, thank you i couldn't even think of the word but <laughs> if whatever you think about that it's one thing but it's nice to see that it was a peaceful day there wasn't too much going on and and in terms of chaos obviously and hopefully it stays that way so that was kind of my biggest takeaway yeah other than a-rod and j-lo showing up which i thought a-rod's just at everything well she performed didn't i you? know but like a-rod but he gets to be there A-Rod, he's like a second dude <laughs> yeah you talk about a second dudes he is yeah. second duding hard on you want to talk about a guy who went from public enemy number one to like everybody likes him i again? was reading about a-rod that. like everybody likes him pretty much everybody like likes him now more. <laughs> well that's a whole thing like they're never gonna like him but i can guarantee you if he ever signed a contract with the red sox or got traded to the red sox instead of the yankees he would have oh they would have but I thought that was pretty funny. And that the reaction from North Country politicians was um, a good one. Yeah, I, I was going to – we can transition into that. What was the uh, local flair of things yesterday in terms of the coverage? Well, is that, you know, and speaking a bit around the newsroom is that I guess, um, you know, we've – I'm sure Joe has seen plenty of um, inaugurations come and go where the politicians on that day in particular, they're all – kumbaya <laughs> we're gonna work together yeah good for him and then it's like the next day all right back to work <laughs> congress <laughs> yeah and we're seeing some of that already um but yeah typically you know it's it's kind of like a, a honeymoon period for the new administration yeah it's pretty short but um it, that seems to be the tradition over the years and i thought the speech joe biden gave was pretty good mm-hmm Said all the right things, touched on the right uh, issues, and it's a good starting point going forward. I, that's what I felt. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think I think that uh, for a lot of people, they were kind of hoping for a, a refreshing new take on things, and a hope that things will certain things will be addressed that might not have been in the past. So, I think. Uh, Every when I was listening to him yesterday, I felt like calm. I felt like all right, you know, this guy seems like he has a handle on things. I know I'm putting that in like a really simple, simple way of putting it, but it's kind of how I felt about it. And I didn't didn't get stressed, you know, just kind of listened to what was being said and moved on. Well, my biggest thing was the fact that it seemed to me that his words acknowledged the situation we're in <laughs> right now which yes. is kind of you know i don't know if refreshing is the right word but it's like you know yeah times are tough but you know take a breather mm-hmm. take a day and then we'll move on and speaking of which this week also saw breaking news on 
first Monday morning of um, the new drive-through uh, vaccine, vaccine site. Yes, site. Which um, there's a lot of people getting shot. Yes, and, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, uh, Facebook. Luckily, I, I saw one trend of like um, vaccine <laughs> selfies, <laughs> which is you know, I'll be interested in seeing if that becomes the the 2021. <laughs> Whenever thing. I'm lucky enough to get my vaccine, my Instagram caption will be "I have been shot." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's good. I mean, you know, people out there keep on doing that. I like seeing, you know, Jack Downs took a photo of one of our patient <laughs> scientists with his vaccine card. I and, saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah but but it's it's not easy. Um, you know, it's that's crowded. <laughs> it's a great thing. Um, Plattsburgh, we're lucky that Plattsburgh was chosen as one of the state sites mm-hmm. um, to set up this um, vaccine uh, distribution center. Um, they, in opening the facility Monday, uh, they said they w- planned on doing 500 shots a day to begin with and boosting that up as more vaccine becomes available. Um, the issues I've heard in the first few days were you were supposed to go in, get your shot, and then they want to keep you for fi- 10, mm-hmm. 15 minutes or so, make sure there's no adverse reactions. Mm-hmm. During that time, you were to book your second shot. Yep. Makes However, sense. early on, I think it was Monday, maybe Tuesday, the system was down. People couldn't get their second appointments. Oh, they were told um, um, to that they would be called for their appointments, and that caused some confusion. Um, we, we are we are doing some reporting on this um, and today and tomorrow, and it, there was some confusion about how they were going to get their second shot. Now, this is a site that serves a wide region. There are people from Albany coming up here mm-hmm. to get shots, and. Uh, apparently, they it uh, looks like they've got it straightened out. The first three days, um, people that got shots, um, they'll uh, arrange to get their second shots. From now on, they're going to go to the original plan. You get you make your appointment while you're waiting mm-hmm. after your first shot. Um, and, of course, there's always questions about the availability of vaccine. Um, we've seen all over the place, all over the country, um, shortages. Um, so they need to get that figured out so there's enough vaccine that they can keep the 500 or 1,000 a day sure. moving. So by April or whatever, maybe we can get a shot, Yeah, folks like us. I have a uh, funny story about the vaccine stuff, by the way, um, and it comes from my mom, actually. she, Both my mom and my dad this week have gotten their vaccines. They're both teachers. And my mom got hers on Tuesday, and um, I asked her how it went afterward, and she said it was good. And the way they have these, well, because they're in the the, the hangers at, at, on the on the uh, airstrip, and I said, so how'd it go? And she said, that was good. And um, after she had gotten her shot, she had to do like the 15-minute wait thing, and the 15 minutes were, was up, and there was a car in front of her and she asked, um, what's going on with this car in front of me? And the guy, the, whoever was national guard or whoever was addressing her, they go, Oh, car broke down in front of you. (laughs) And she's like, well, what do I have to do? I have to go. I have a zoom meeting with my kids, like for, for a class. And she said, and uh, they said, well, you can, you're just going to have to wait for a little bit. And she's like, 
Uh, if you move a couple of these cones, I bet I can sneak on out and get through. And they're like, you think you can? And Because she's driving an Explorer. And they're like, you think you can? And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she was able to get out, go around and get out of there without any issue. But leave it to my mom to be almost stuck because a car, the car, literally the car in front of her broke down as they were getting vaccines. <laughs> That's the trouble with drive throughs Yeah, you never know exactly what's going to happen. But Your mom just laying on the horn in the vaccine <laughs> drive Come on, let's go! <laughs> but she, apparently, I think she said that one whoever was talking to her uh, made a joke, and uh, I think it was a National Guard person, and they, he said, you know, if it was a different year and you said you had a Zoom meeting you had to go to, I would have not known what you meant. But <laughs> yeah. now I do. And then he went on to say, like, I have a little one there on their Zoom meetings with their teachers, too. So just a little funny moment amongst uh, obviously a very special moment for a lot of different things. A lot of, it's a monumental time to be, for people to finally be getting these vaccines in their arms. It is. Um, and, it, it's, coming is. and it's equally relieving and I would say for a lot of people kind of stressful because it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's like making any doctor's appointment. It's always a little stress involved in well, setting up your doctor's appointment. They tell you you're in the car, mm-hmm. wear accessible clothing yeah, so you can get a shot. And it's, you know, I bet you some of these days it's going to be below zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, hold on. <laughs> well, it, see, it, see, it seems stuff. like they only make you, they only, you know, literally roll down your window, give you a shot, roll back your window up, you're good to go. Well, I mean, you got to expose your arm. Yeah, well, like, I mean, if you got to have, I mean, we're North Country folk up here. It's okay. Yeah, we're good thing your they don't give you the vaccine in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, that yeah. would not. That would not be. That would yeah, not that be. Yeah, that would add a whole layer too. They, well, they I guess. Used to do that. By the way, you just made Ben laugh so hard he snorted. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, said, it's, uh, I think. I think that's a good point, though. But no, as I was driving in today, so um, I was driving on the interstate, and I usually get off on what exit is it? Uh, Thirty-eight. Uh, the, whatever the exit is by Georgia Pacific. Yes, um, thirty-eight. Mm, I think. But today I, there was an issue. Um, there were, it was, I was just really getting aggravated. The roads weren't actually great today, no, driving in. Weren't. And um, there were a couple trucks in front of me, and it was just perfect storm of too many people in one area. And then there was this little dinky car who thought he was in the Fast and Furious movies and was going through everybody. And I said, you know, you know what? I'm going to get off on exit 36. And I kind of drove more through the city. But I drove past the airport, and they actually have one of those what are usually road signs to tell you about road work or whatnot. And it said vaccine location or whatever and that was kind of a little surreal moment it's like you know what wow to think that like even a couple months ago we'd be seeing a sign like that it's crazy so it's a good thing it's a good thing it's refreshing and like you said ben it's kind of puts you puts you at ease a little bit it does but then you have news like last weekend or i guess earlier this week where nine people died of it and so you know that's i think i'm pretty sure that was like the biggest single day Toll that we've had, maybe, and we're talking about COVID deaths, not get deaths from getting the shot. Yes, right, yes, right. from from <laughs> the COVID deaths in Clinton County and Essex County combined. So that really drives home the point of why people want to get their shots. Absolutely, <laughs> ASAP. I mean, so I mean, you just look at the numbers, and they are way, way mm-hmm. over what they were last. There week. were seven. We're doing. We're recording this on Thursday. There were, I think, seventy-six cases reported in Clinton County today, and mm-hmm. previous to that, there was a lot less because we were thinking yesterday, oh, maybe it's going to go down, but seems like it's continuing yeah. to just go back up we're again. We're still in the thick of it, and uh, people need to be careful. Yeah. Can I use this as a transition to actually go into some sports stuff? 
Yes, you may. Okay. Um, speaking of the COVID infection rates and stuff, earlier in the week I did a story on the New York State Athletic Administrators, Administrators Association. Um, they wrote a letter to Governor Cuomo talking about how uh, there was a call to action trying to get him to reconsider the decision to forego winter sports for the uh, for the winter season. Uh High-risk sports, I'm sorry, for the winter season, which include typically basketball, hockey, and wrestling. And they stated how across other other states in the country, uh, these same sports are being played. The infection rate related to COVID, related to sporting events in regard to COVID-19 is very low, below 1%. And then they talked about the mental health aspect of, of uh, stu- for student-athletes, which, let's face it, all, all very valid points. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took it a step further in my reporting. I contacted uh, Clinton County. What is it? Is he? Is it County Public Health Director John Canosa? Yeah. Okay. County Health Department. Okay. So I talked with John Canosa as well as Clinton County Legislator Mark Henry. There we go. I had a whole thing with that earlier in the week. Um, Look at Joe and Yeah. I'm ready for politics now. <laughs> um, but I talked with Mark Henry and uh, John Canosa. In regard to this letter, and I kind of got their take on things, and my two biggest takeaways were Canoza's take as far as he said to a certain extent of what was read and what was written in the letter, he agrees with it. He agrees with the mental health side of things. He agrees with a lot of that. Um, but on the flip side, he says as a health representative, he has to urge against it right now. And he said the bottom line is, as my job, I have to keep people out of hospitals. And he kept saying the COVID-19 infection rate right now is 2.3%. That was a couple of days ago. I'm sure it's kind of fluctuated a little bit since then. Um, But still, 2.3% compared to the 0.5, 0.6 that we saw during the summer, um, that's an alarmingly skyrocketing rate. So that's not great. Um, And John also said... He went on to say he was a big. He was really into sports in high school, as well as a collegiate swimmer at Oswego, uh, at SUNY Oswego. So he can relate on both sides of things. Um, and he ended. He ended my conversation. I ended his. I ended the conversation with him by saying, by him saying he's looking out for people's health and what could be more important than that. And that's just the truth. Um, yeah, and I it, have to. I have to remain neutral with all this, obviously, because I don't want to aggravate people. I was just trying to share both sides of it, which I think the story did. Um, but still, uh, very frustrating. Yeah, it would just be hard, real hard, to have those kinds of sports right now. Yes. I mean, we're seeing high infection rates just from uh, gatherings. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and close contact sports like that. It's not just the competition. It's all the ancillary stuff. Yeah. You're in the locker rooms. You're together. Mark Henry mentioned the whole package. That's right. Mm. That's right. And... Um, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure it's a good idea that the NBA and the NHL are playing. No, it's probably not. Um, but uh, the, but those are professionals, and they're getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> yes, and you know this whole thing: how do you balance the health and safety with the economy mm-hmm. and things like that? Um, we're seeing more and more um, restaurants voluntarily close mm-hmm. uh, for periods of time. Well, my biggest takeaway from Joey's story was the fact that I feel like being a 
I don't know, uh, not a non-sports person, but certainly not as much a sports person as you two are. I feel like there's... <laughs> what do you mean? You're 46 or something. <laughs> I feel like there's sometimes the sense that scientists and doctors are nerds and not sporty. And so yes. there's a sense among athletes that what are these nerds doing telling us that we can't play sports? So I appreciate that Kenosa mentioned them, you know, yeah, I like sports. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I agree with that. And I... I I can see it from both sides. I can see it from the student athlete who wants to play basketball, hockey, wrestling, whatever. I can see it from the health department side of things saying, what are you guys thinking? Like, do you want to end up in the hospital? And the two other main takeaways that from that story that I feel like are really important is one of the biggest um, things that NISA tried to do to support its, uh, support its thought process was the less than 1% infection rate related to COVID and, and sports. That's less than 1%, at least in New York, without these high-risk sports being played. Mm -hmm. What is that percentage going to be once it starts? And there lies the rub, the unknown factor of what happens if you get, if you get the high-risk sports going and underway. And Mark Henry also brought up the point that there is the whole, the whole, the whole picture. For the student-athletes, COVID might not affect them as much because they're in an age demographic where it's tended to not impact them as much. Not, not to say that it can't um, because we have seen it can in that age demographic, but it affects more than the student-athletes. It affects the parents. It affects it not, not infects. It affects the parents, the grandparents, um, the coaches, who a lot of coaches around here are more on the old side now. Mm-hmm. Um, the refs. The refs. The people. The refs are really old, a lot of them now. Um the uh, the people cleaning the building facilities afterward. Pr- one thing that I, I, I thought Mark Henry said that was the perfect example. Who cleans the wrestling mats after the matches? Something like, just something like that mm-hmm. is a huge thing that really, yeah. it, it's, 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 and, it's, and, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing debate that it will continue to be so. And you talk about the impact this is having on kids, mm-hmm. which is, a, you know, a hard one. Yeah. Um, and it's, it really is too bad. And you're talking about especially seniors that missed out on the end of winter sports and spring sports last year. And seniors this year, um, well, if you played some of the fall sports, you were lucky. Sure. But the winter sports, looks like you're not going to get a chance. I wonder if at some point they would, I think this idea had been floated briefly, of granting kids another year of eligibility I actually, in high school sports. I, I don't want to talk about who I had this conversation with at this time because it was totally off the record, but I can say I actually had a discussion with somebody today in the sports world around that, and that is something actually being discussed. Right, right. Um, uh, and they brought it up briefly last year, Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but it didn't get much legs. But now with the extended situation with COVID, um, I could see something like that. The thought process being discussed at maybe higher levels. The thought process is um, students who are in like English twelve or something like that. They could not enroll in that this year and enroll in it next year as a, a super senior, basically. And a lot of high schools now, I don't think any high school doesn't. A lot of high schools now offer cap credit classes, which would basically be the same classes you would take potentially as a freshman in college. And if you are taking at least one high school high, tech, high school class that's not college related, as well as college credit classes, and you're still getting an education and not setting yourself back, I would be interested to see if some people would take advantage of that. 
On the flip side, here's the here's the problem. What happens to the freshmen and the freshmen and sophomores who are thinking they're going to have a spot on a team next year, only to have a super senior still be on the team and taking their spot when they thought by the time next year things will be moving around? And also, you really feel comfortable about maybe moving up a freshman who's probably really skilled in maybe football, but he's going up against a 19-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't feel if I was a freshman and I had to go play on somebody on Mariah who's like 19 years old. I wouldn't be feeling too hot about that. Mm. So there's 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 a lot of pluses and minuses to all. Yeah, that. there there would have to be some things would have to be worked out. I mm. mean, I come from an area where I grew up where nobody you freshmen and sophomores mm. didn't play varsity. Yeah, uh, you had to be really really good mm-hmm. um, to make varsity. But up here, it's different now. It is. Yep. Uh, a lot of younger kids are moved up to varsity. Some is eighth graders, seventh graders. Even. Yep. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot to consider, uh, but hopefully things will calm down, the rates will go down, and we can get back to sports. Yeah, and one thing we because these kids, they're suffering. Oh, oh it's yeah. It's really hard on them, um, mentally, emotionally, um, and not to mention the lack of physical exercise. Sure. Um, it is tough, and coaches and educators that really care about their kids, they see it and they feel for them, mm-hmm. and they wish you know they could do something more. I mean, there are some outdoor activities that, that people are organizing. Yeah. Uh, my wife organized a snowshoe thing for her soccer team. Oh, cool. Uh, the other day, so they could go out and at least do something. Team building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside mm-hmm. where it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a shame for these kids. I you, you know you really feel for them. Oh yeah, there's no question about it. On the flip side of things, though, one positive thing to wrap things up: National Women's Hockey League. Yes, bubble Yay. in Lake Placid this Saturday. We have a bubble in the North Country this Saturday. It starts. Joe, you excited? Yes, very excited. This is going to be really cool. We got the six teams from the National Women's Hockey League. Playing a roughly two and a half week schedule, yep. culminating with the Isabel Cup yeah. Championship. Um, everything's at the uh, Olympic Center in Lake Placid. Um, they're gearing up. Starts this weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll have some coverage. Yeah, um, we'll be involved, and uh, this is a wonderful thing for women's hockey, women's sports in general. Women's hockey is is growing. Love to see it grow even more. Out of 328 million people in the country, I think there's only about 90,000 women oh, girls wow. who play hockey. That's crazy. And mm-hmm. that's up from about 60,000 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So we're in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But to get some more exposure mm-hmm. to this great game um, is a wonderful thing. And it's unfortunate that you can't go watch. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here for, folks. Exactly, <laughs> and you can watch, but you can watch it on TV. Yes. Um, and the the very exciting thing for people who are super interested in it is it will be on the semifinals and uh, championship will actually be on NBCSN, um, which I believe if you have Charter and well, most channels like that, I think it's like Channel Twenty Six. Yes. Um, so. That'll be exciting. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Joe and I will be going to some games hopefully next week. And, um, and never coming back. And never coming back. We'll be, <laughs> we'll, we will be up in the bubble, and uh, it'll it'll be fun. They're, they're allowing uh, a couple media people from different places to come around. I actually heard today that there's actually going to be somebody from the Boston Globe that will be yeah, there and know. places like that. Um, so that's kind of exciting. So we'll get to – 
you know, mingle with some some big wigs in the old journalism world. I mean, nobody's bigger than you, Joe. But you know, you'll have to you'll have to show them, you'll have to teach them who, who's the real. Well, who's I dare the real say, show I doubt there's here. anybody who knows more about girls and women's hockey. Yeah, than no, you yeah. are. You, you, and I, I, I really, I, I'm excited. Except maybe Jay LeBron. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for you, Joe, though, because like you know, I know how I know how invested you are in just girls hockey around here locally. So to have something like a, a literally a uh, women's hockey event on a national scale is tremendous well and again from a non-sports perspective it's been talked about a lot in the past year that the pandemic and you know silver linings are few and far between but it has given more exposure to things some things that deserve more exposure yeah you know drive-in movies um you know board game nights of family at home that kind of thing and women's hockey is that you know it's got a it's got a moment up in the spotlight so Yep. Go for that. And I think Lake Placid was the perfect choice. And Lake Placid yeah. being a big and who and who kn- and who knows too? Maybe with this all being in Lake Placid, the league will really like the area and maybe consider putting a hockey team in Lake Placid. And I mean, can you talk about a better fit for for a hockey team being in uh, in Hockey Town? That would be awesome. Um, and you know, years ago, right after the nineteen eighty Olympics, when Orta, the state, decided to keep the facilities and maintain them and use them. There was talk of a, doing a men's minor league team. Oh, there. cool. The problem is the fan base. I mean, right. North Elba has only, what, 3,000 people? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it, it, it would be tough. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of traffic in and out of Lake Placid and tourism, but you need that, that dedicated fan base to sustain R- right. the team. The positive is it's a state-run facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so New York pays the bills, which... Could help. Which, yeah, that, I think that could definitely help. And you're talking about a league that's still kind of getting up off the ground, too. So any type of thing, I feel like, with financial relief would be crucial as well. So may, maybe that's a beneficial thing that they could see it from that, that side of things. But regardless, you I'm, never know. I'm, ex- I'm excited. And yeah. I hope, Ben, you are excited for next week and the following week. For We're going back to the old school days of when sports were going on. I'll be calling in. Letting you know that a story submitted, telling you to put it on the newspaper page. It's uh, we're really going. I think the last time we truly did that, taking dictation. Yes, <laughs> I feel like the last time we truly did that was when I was in Syracuse mm-hmm. last year for for the Mariah's uh, championship game. One um, of my favorite moments this week has been listening to which they're always interested like, in the Joy's interviews. But one that he was having where somebody apparently asked him about brackets and what's the next bracket. <laughs> and Joey just said, like, you know, um, pan tone as they said, you know, I am out of brackets. <laughs> I said, uh, yes, I was talking with uh, Foster State men's basketball coach Mike Blaine. Um, and uh, Mike was a huge uh, supporter of all the brackets. And, uh, I was joking with him about some of the bracket stuff, and he's like, yeah, what's the next one? And I said, I am out of brackets. I said, we're going to have to go back to the OG of, yes. of Sports Food Madness in March, which is actually close. But not what about squirrels? Squirrels? No. No, I don't think we can have a full-on squirrel. I, I don't feel like there's enough seedings that we could have for that. But do you want to tease about why we're bringing up squirrels real quick? <laughs> we're open. We're open to discuss that. We, we are. We are going to have an interesting science article. <laughs> Which I feel like not for outdoors. Yes, for the for the glorious outdoors page because it's about outdoors stuff, about some of the backyard oddities such as albino squirrels and albino birds and three-legged toads and all kinds of stuff like that. Which I've always liked those little sciencey articles. 
I wrote a science article back in the Cardinal Points days about why um, there's so many um, crows or whatever that gather <laughs> downtown and that kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. Which, which always still yeah. makes me freak out whenever I see all the birds just like yeah. endless swarms of birds. So yeah, so keep an eye out for albino squirrels. We had a, we had a we had a reader submit the submit the photo yes. uh, of an albino squirrel and and Joe innocently showed it to me entranced by the and story. i was and he was shocked when i was like oh no way this is so cool and like i'm like squirrels are literally my my favorite animal love squirrels <laughs> um when i was little i've told joe this story i don't know if you were here when i was telling this but my grandparents have a long railing a long kind of deck with a railing leading up to their to their door to enter their house and when i was little my grandfather um, would have a big, big, gigantic container of peanuts, and like shell, like with the shell on them. And I would go outside and I would put peanuts on the railing, and and the squirrels would come up and they'd eat them. And I'd have friends. Joey and... has a little circus of <laughs> yes, wild squirrels. And it was very, it was. I just, I just really liked that. So and now, uh, one of my, one of my golf, um, for my golf clubs, one of my, my driver head cover is of a squirrel. So, a Tiger Woods has a tiger. I have a squirrel. <laughs> so I think that's a, I think that's a very uh, very cool thing. But also we found out that blue jays like peanuts because the blue jays would come in and, <laughs> and take the peanuts, and then the squirrels and the blue jays would have a little fight. Yes. And, was, and we found photos of albino blue jays. Yes. Or not. What? Really? Yes. yes. Oh. We'll have to we'll have to mention yeah. that in the article too. Yeah, you have to show me that too. I'm fascinated to see that. But I mean, if with all we just talked about, if you don't check out the Press Republican in the next couple yeah. of days, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what else would make yeah, it. Albino squirrels, hockey, hockey, getting your COVID vaccine in your butt, hot dogs. <laughs> oh, it's tremendous <laughs> stuff. But on that note, you can find us on PressRepublican.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Joe. Sign us off. Thanks everybody for listening once again, and we wish you all a little weekside help.